Today is Wednesday, so we are talking about whatever. Andre, how are you? Hey, yeah, are we on? We're on. We're live. What day is it? Uh, today, what day do you want it to be? We're, we're dealing with a postmodern <laughs> well, rubric here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, I'd I quite like to ask you a, a theological question. So you could make the theological Thursday. Uh-huh. Good. I like it. Um, I also have a, a, a some Tolkien on my mind. Oh. I've been reading... Reading a bit of Tolkien. Well, let's but let's, also, well, let's talk about Tolkien because and and me, I have a thing yeah. and I have a conversation about the church. Okay, sort of all, all buzzing around in my brain. All so right, well, let's start go. with Tolkien and then we'll do the church next. Okay, all right. So what so, day, what day is that? Um, well, it's just I'm putting all the days in kind of a post-Christian, uh, at least not post-Christian, uh, <laughs> post-Christmas post post thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I imagine your Tolkien thing has something to do with Christmas. Well, it can do. It has applications to Christmas, for or sure. May, maybe it's a perfect flow out of Christmas. Like, who cares now? Christmas is finished. And uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. All right, awesome. All right, now, um, before we go yeah. on, um, yeah. it's something I want to get in the habit of doing. It's just letting people know who you are. I, I, it dawned on me. I I, I, I sort of it's downloaded true. this um, random podcast the other day, and I had no way to know who was speaking, and uh, I had no I had such a mission, and it freaked me out. And I was like, wait a minute. So yeah, I know um, you could be having that one or two listeners kind of uh, checking us out for the first time, and I just want to make sure they know who we are. Okay. Um, all right. So your name is Andre, and uh, you are a pastor at uh, Bethel. No, not Bethlehem. You're not in Bethl Bethlehem Baptist. So that's John Piper's church. Yeah, it's you're, not you're a pastor no, at John Piper's no. church. <clears throat> no, no, sadly not. No, no. Bethlehem. No, man. It, it's the same as a game software. Ah, Atari. In the, no, not a, <laughs> it is a biblical reference. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a hint. It's in John, John five, verse twenty-two. There's one reference to it in the entire Bible, and so for some reason, every church in Suffolk is named after it. Herod. <laughs> Pontius Pilate Baptist Church. It no. starts with a B. I remember that. Bethel. No, no. Bathurst. No. Okay, Hebrew. In Hebrew, it means house of mercy. Right, so Beit Chesed. No. Beit Chain. Mark, you have to actually think of an English word that correlates. This is just meant to be jarring your memory. Not pursuing every lexical version of the word mercy. I told you, John 5. I haven't memorized John 5, bro. I just checked it is in fact John 5.22. It's not. No, it's definitely not 5.22. Uh, the, the father judges no one, church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not 5.22. It's the pool. Bethsaida. It's not Bethsaida. Bethesda. Yes, that's it. My goodness. Wow. All right. So Bethesda Baptist Church. What is the what is the URL for that? Bethesdafelixstow.com. All right, awesome. And you can check uh, mm -hmm. you can get some more information about Andre there. And what's your where do you blog? What's the um uh, what's the blog uh, title thing? It's Christwoodpursuit.com. I'm checking it out right now. I think the blog's looking quite good. And I started blogging through Ecclesiastes. 
you know, because um, I spent a lot of t- lot of time in Ecclesiastes, and I got a little logo. I had a professionally designed logo. That's the one. Let's have a look at this. And there's a link there to the sermons at Bethesda. Oh, that looks nice. Dang, look at that logo. Yeah. Hey, it looks good, doesn't it? That looks very good. I like it. Okay, so go check out Andre's blog, Um, And obviously, you know, twoagesojourner.com is uh, the blog related to this podcast. And uh, go to gracenet.co.nz to find out some more info about the church that I pastor in Wellington, New Zealand. But um, okay, so we, we, uh, Andre has uh, resurrected the old blog. I'm very excited about that because he is a, an awesome <laughs> writer. And I, I really enjoyed reading the blog, blog back in... Um, uh, 2016. I can't remember that. That was, uh, you know, when my kids were like not even born and like I didn't have facial hair and you know puberty hadn't hit and, and all you that were still sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, wow. Well, I'm still on dialogue, but you know, some things never change. Um, all right, sweet. So, talk to us uh, about this new blog post. Well, last time we we're chatting, I mentioned to you about an essay that Tolkien had written, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. called "On Fairy Tales, On Fairy Stories." Okay. And, um, like, I found it super helpful because the one thing I didn't actually say <clears throat> when we're talking about the whole Santa thing is that actually I think it's, it's – I agree with Tolkien that fantasy is good for us and that it's good to – you know, fantasy is not something you have to be ashamed about because when Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings um, and started, you know, toying around with fantasy, he had loads of critics – and loads of people saying, you're wasting your time, you should be writing history or, you know, contributing to the field of knowledge or whatever, because obviously it was a gift to do. And lots of people saying, you know, why are you mucking around with children's stuff, you know? Mm, mm. And, um, and so Tolkien he was, you know, he, defended himself. Was he, a, he was Roman Catholic, but was he, what, was he just a hardcore right? Roman Catholic? Was he an, uh, just, an, did he, what else did he do? But, you know, who was, was he a okay, historian so or? He, or? I mean, he was an academic, okay. and he was a philologist mainly. So, okay. um, obviously, studied languages, uh-huh. uh, created languages. Um, I think he also taught literature, um, and uh, possibly philosophy. But I'm not 100 percent sure. At a university? Uh, yes. Wow. Okay. I cool. think he was an Oxford don. Wow. All right, yeah, so so I could see how you'd be getting a little bit of flack for that one. Um, okay, so he um, he was messing around with children's stuff. Sorry, keep going. Um, and so he, you know, people were were not just um, surprised that he was doing it, but they were actually like you know rebuking him for it. Mm. And so he wrote on fairy stories um, as a defense against the value of mythology and fantasy and fairy tales hmm. and not just for children but for everyone and so it's it's well well worth it hmm. um <clears throat> his his essay on on fairy stories um is like amazing for a number of reasons one hmm. is you never thought there was so much depth to the idea of a fairy story you know what i mean yeah. like a, a fairy tale like you think well what are you going to say in an essay about fairy tales and <clears throat> he just goes um he just goes nuts yeah um and it, it's just amazing to read um the other thing that he <clears throat> he does with it is that he full on preaches the gospel in that essay 
Wow. But obviously, uh, there's some differences in the Roman Catholic got, you know, a way of understanding justification that. And he mm-hmm. doesn't go anywhere near that. He mm. goes to the incarnation yeah. um, as a way of talking about, I mean, I, I wonder if I should just read it to you. Should I just read it to you? Because it's like, there's a yeah. couple of paragraphs here. Read the blood, you mean, like, or the, awesome. the article? No, 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 no. Just a, a straightforward quote from, from Tolkien here. Okay, go for it. Okay. So this is from page 21 of mm. his article. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so he says, um, uh, oh, I'm going to have to give you some context here. No, forget that. Okay, so he says, the Gospels contain a fairy story or a story of a larger kind which embraces all the essence of fairy stories. They contain many marvels, peculiarly artistic, beautiful, and moving, mythical, in inverted commas, in their perfect self-contained significance. And among the marvels is the greatest and most complete conceivable eucatastrophe. But this story has entered history and the primary world. The desire and aspiration of sub-creation has been raised to the fulfillment of creation. The birth of Christ is the eucatastrophe of man's story, history. The resurrection is the eucatastrophe of the story of the incarnation. This story begins and ends in joy. It has preeminently the inner consistency of reality. There is no tale ever told that men would rather find was true, and none which so many skeptical men have accepted as true on its own merits. For the art of it has the supremely convincing tone of primary art, that is, of creation. To reject it leads either to sadness or to wrath. It's not difficult to imagine the peculiar excitement and joy that one would feel if any specially beautiful fairy story were found to be primarily true. It's narrative to be history without thereby necessarily losing the mythical or allegorical significance that it had possessed. It is not difficult for one is not called to try and conceive of anything of quality unknown. The joy would have exactly the same quality, if not the same degree as the joy which the turn in fairy story gives. Such joy has the very taste of primary truth. Otherwise, its name would not be joy. It looks forward or backward. The direction in this regard is unimportant. To the great eucatastrophe, the Christian joy, the gloria, is of the same kind, but it is preeminently, infinitely, if our capacity were not finite, high and joyous. But this story is supreme, and it is true. Art has been verified. God is the Lord of angels and of men and of elves. Legend and history have met and fused. But in God's kingdom, the presence of the greatest does not depress the small. Redeemed man is still man. Story, fantasy still go on and should go on. The Evangelium has not abrogated legends. It has hallowed them, especially the happy ending. The Christian has still to work with mind as well as body to suffer, hope, and die. But he may now perceive that all his bents and faculties have a purpose which can be redeemed. There you go. There's a bit of Tolkien for you. That is, uh, yeah, it's powerful. Because, I mean, Tolkien would have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he he was the one who convinced C.S. Lewis that, that Christ is the true myth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I wonder if it was that article that had something to do with it. 
Well, it, I mean, it's hard to say because they had obviously had load. They were part of the same group called the Inklings, right? Um, and so they had loads of conversations over a pint and a pipe and a cigar and mm, whatever. Amazing. Um, but it is <coughs> it is true that Hitler credits Tolkien as being the one who <coughs> led him to the Lord. Mm. But he broke Tolkien's heart because Lewis went Anglican rather than Catholic. Wow. Um, yeah. And um, but the the thing that's wonderful about this is um, it's dealing mainly with the incarnation as being the evidence that the gospel story is actually true, not just a myth, not just a legend, mm. but mm. the place where reality and legend and myth meet together. Mm. And um, and uh, it it sounds like what I think is is like amazing about it is it's an academic essay about fairy tales mm -hmm. but he ends the same way you would expect a blog post from the gospel coalition to end right you know yeah he's just he's just taking us back to the gospel he's just mm -hmm. saying um you know all fantasy points us eventually to christ eventually mm -hmm. to the to the gospel i love that point um, yeah so that's that's another reason why i think it's it's, it's just awesome awesome mm -hmm. essay oh totally i mean just you know the, it taps into such a um, a primal joy because you went, you know, whenever from from a kid, uh, from being just the smallest child. I mean, you, you or even just to, uh, today, whenever you watch a, a movie or something like that, anything with a great happy ending, um, I find like the the points, the sequence of of, of thoughts that happen uh, to me are, wow, that is such an awesome ending. If only things could be that way. Point one. Second point, yeah, exactly. but things aren't that way. Oh my goodness, things suck in reality, and oh wow, and things yeah. and the bad guy wins. And but then the third point is, but actually, things do end that way. And what that's cashing in on is something that we're all longing for, at some level, and yeah. is true yeah. in the way that God has ultimately uh, is going to bring things to be and has already started to do uh, in and through Christ. Mm -hmm. um, it's just amazing, and you you you're left. You know, I mean, you take Lord of the Rings or any movie or any book that you ever uh, read with a with this glorious mythical, you know, too good to be true, happy ending thing, and it 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 literally does catapult you into the joy of the gospel, which is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing, and and the other flip side of it isn't just that fantasy exists and fantasy leads us to the gospel, but actually saying fantasy. Um, the genre of fantasy, the genre of myth, the genre of legend are actually sort of God-given human faculties that lead us to the gospel. Right. Like it, it derives. It derives. It. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and it's a part of our seeking. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. We understand. I mean, it, it, I, I think that's amazing. I mean, the way, the way that we understand life as one moment after the other and uh, we understand history as a story and we understand, you know, we have this, um, again, no one needs to convince us that the story has an end. It's just in us. We, we, know, uh, mm. we know that to be true because of the way ultimate reality is and the way that God has framed it to be in. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so whenever we want to think about stories and, and, and uh, whenever we want to think about myth and we're all, we're just deriving from the way things, the way God has set things up to be, and um, whether we know yeah. it or not, um, when anyone has any appreciation for narrative, um, it's, it's because God created them with that appreciation, um, and that's yeah. because it, it just has its connection to the way things ultimately are. 
Uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, good. So what, what are you saying in your, in your, um, your blog? Well, in, in, I mean, I'm, I'm, it may turn out to be a little series of blogs just cause I'm trying to keep them short, but, mm-hmm. um, in the one I'm currently writing, <clears throat> I'm actually saying, um, I'm pushing, you know, how we were talking about Sansa and we were saying it's okay, you know, just don't cross the boundary of lying kind of thing mm-hmm. or, or deliberately, or, you know, deceiving your children to the point where they would be, you know, um, disappointed by that or mm. delusioned by that. And um, so I'm, I'm obviously not, I'm still agreeing with that. Don't, you know, I still don't lie to my children. My conscience won't allow it. Um, but I'm actually pushing it a bit further and saying it's not only that you can enjoy the Santa thing as a Christian, but actually what, if Tolkien's advice is true, it's good. Mm. It's, it's good to indulge your children and yourself in a bit of mythology, in a bit of legend, because they point us um, through kind of our imagination into the gospel for all the reasons that we've just been talking about. Now, mm. that's just as true of Hansel and Gretel as it is of more modern myths, you know? Mm. Oh, um, totally. So actually, so actually you, can, you can totally indulge your children in Sansa myths, um, yeah. because they do in some way prepare them for understanding the gospel. Mm. So long as they understand that uh, the difference between the Santa myths and the birth narratives of Christ is that mm. one of them actually happened. That's the, that's the thing. Right. You know, one of the interesting things um, in terms of just uh, you see this, this almost this existential wrestle uh, in, um, let's say, for example, you know, the more artsy movies and, um, you know, people that try and, and sort of come to grips with this, even at a subconscious level, I think they see, they feel the, oh, you know, you could, I was thinking about uh, art movies there, but you, you could actually relate this to many um, of the more morbid uh, children's fables and, and stories where they, they, they see the power of myth. They see how it is connected to, to reality. They they see that um, they feel the longing for a happy ending, so to speak. But um, often, often people will, um, you know, try. They'll, they'll they'll let reality overpower that, and uh, they know that that's not the way it works. Uh, you don't necessarily have the happy ending in life, and so they want to conform myth and story to um, the way that they experience life to be, or know life uh, the the way that life is. Yeah. Um, without God and without without redemption, without a happy ending, and you see it, it leading yeah. to this kind of very morbid, you know, um, either children's story where you know it's almost like hardening, you know, get get the children ready for the fact that life is not fair and actually nothing yeah. makes sense, and it's almost like they latch onto Ecclesiastes, uh, vanity of vanity, um, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and want to bring that through in their story, and and um, and even there, although. You know, you can appreciate what they're trying to do, and that they're they're trying to say, "Hey, it's it's not cool that we haven't had." Well, that's difficult to say, a happy ending, <laughs> and um, yeah, and and in the process, I mean, it's almost like they're they're circumventing the very point of myth itself, in that uh, mm. it, it it looks past the way things are right now, and it, it it does tap in on on the way you know, myth allows you to get past reality, and. Um, but in so doing, actually helps you tap into true reality as, as um, God will have all things uh, 
come out at the end through through the gospel story. So it's it you see how yeah. unbelief and and a failure yeah. to to grab hold of the gospel story actually starts corrupting even the power of myth. Hey? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And actually, Tolkien goes on to say that um, you know it isn't fantasy unless it has a happy ending. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not true. It's not true to the genre. Mm, and you know, I don't point. know. You might have noticed he uses this word that he coins called the the eucatastrophe, right? Um, which is his his kind of way of talking about um, the the turn towards the happy ending that you always get mm-hmm. in those old stories and, and old myths. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how bleak and no matter how dark things get in the story. Yeah, it, it, he says it's, it's just not true fantasy, not mm. true art, um, unless it has that you catastrophic turn towards happiness that kind of leaves you kind of breathless and yes. um, yeah. And so he, he would take it further. He would say that basically from a from a, just from a genre point of view, um, it's failed. So like yeah, all these kind of movies that are trying to buck the trend and yeah. end with a sad ending or yeah. like an unresolved ending. He's saying that basically that's just a literary fa- failure, an artistic wow. failure. I love that point. I think that's great because, um, yeah, I mean, you, it, it, it's, it makes so much sense. I mean, the whole point of fantasy at its very core level is to be able to overcome reality. And reality, the only part of reality that needs to be overcome is the the feeling that it won't have an happy ending or it won't, um, the, 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 mm. that the good guy won't win at the end or something like that. Um, and yeah. And so, yeah, fancy yeah. has its power in that, and it's it, it, which on its own is it, it'll just be cheesy. It's just corny unless you understand that actually it's it's tapping into that primal longing. It's almost uh, again coming back to Ecclesiastes, yeah. where man wants to live forever. Uh, you know, it's yeah. to deny that reality is just stupid. You know, you're not gonna. You could try and convince yeah. yourself all you want. It's almost like a, a existentialism, po- postmodernism, where hey, you know, actually, you know, you you thought that what you were feeling was love and love was meaningful, but it's just a whole bunch of nonsense. And uh, you know, you can try and pretend to have that experience as something meaningful, but uh, at the end of the day, what's the point? And and you know, you could try and convince yourself of that, but it's just not resonant with the truth. It's mm-hmm. it's not. Um, you know, we, we know that when we look at our child, we love them, and it's real. And it's interesting because he also has a go at people who say, oh, it's all just escapism. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just trying to escape from the hardships of the real world. And mm-hmm. he's like, why is that a bad thing? That's, exactly. It, that's exactly right. right. You, know, um, you know, the man in prison, you know, locked up in his cell, thinking mm-hmm. about the world outside the prison, mm-hmm. isn't escaping to something less real. Mm. He's escaping to something that is real that he just doesn't have access to. Wow. And so the man who um, escapes to stories with a happy ending mm. isn't escaping to something that is less real. He's escaping to something that's more real. He just hasn't had access to it. Wow. Yet. I love that. <clears throat> that's great. There's so many cool little nuggets, you know, like, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's very, very cool. And so, yeah, that, that was the whole idea. It just gets me thinking about it. It's, 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 you know, we, as Christians, we have to be careful that we don't dismiss, you know, it's a little bit like when, when, um, Harry Potter came out, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Christians were freaking out saying it's promoting, uh, witchcraft mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that, that would be true mm-hmm. if the witchcraft in Harry Potter had 
any resemblance to the witchcraft spoken about in the Bible. Yes. But as far as I can tell, like it is, it is utter fantasy. Like yes. there is, there is no correlation, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so, you know, it's a fantasy genre for one. So the witchcraft thing is, is not really an issue because if you, if you were somehow influenced to do the witchcraft of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. I mean, what would that, what would that be? Pretending to fly around on a broomstick. How's that, you know, how's that any different to pretending right. to ride around on a, on a, on a bionic horse? What was that thing from Marshall Bravestar? Like a horse that could pull a shotgun out of its leg. You know, <clears throat> I don't think that's any different. Marshall Bravestar, the strength of a puma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, the speed of a puma. The speed, it's the strength, the strength of ten bears. The strength of ten bears. The speed of a puma. <laughs> Dude, was, I wonder if that actually was just a South African thing. I wonder if other people know about Marshall Bravestar. No, they must know about Marshall. We Bravestar. Uh, we they we probably had to watch that in simulcast Afrikaans. <laughs> probably, uh, probably. Oh, <laughs> what's a what's a bear? <laughs> I don't know. It's not a beer. This sput, this sput van a, van a, this sput. Hey, hardloop, so funnig, so funnig as a cheetah. Hey, hardloop, bye, 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 I think we're losing an international audience at the moment. Hey, hardloop, so it's a bye, 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 funnig as a thing. It's like, wait a minute, that's not even matching Marshall Bravestar's mouth <laughs> it's like wait a minute as a kid you're like what's what's going on what's going on yeah. propaganda alert something's something's up oh boy um yeah no so what was i talking about uh, harry, <coughs> harry potter that's harry what I was potter, about. yeah no, the magic thing and people get caught up on that yeah, yeah. but but c.s lewis uses magic in um narnia and nobody gets caught up on that. That's and so Tolkien uses magic in Lord of the Rings, and nobody gets caught up on that. It's just you know, it, I don't know, um, or maybe they do. I don't know. I, maybe I haven't haven't heard it. The, the point is that uh, that I was going to make is just that, like, it's good you can to embrace fantasy as a uh-huh. genre. It's it's not something you need to be ashamed of or need to feel like you need to defend. Mm. Um, it's good. Mm. And um, oh, and another thing was once I was rebuked by a Christian. Because it was actually something, it was before I went to Bethesda and I was looking at different churches to go and preach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, to, who were looking for a pastor. And so mm-hmm. I went to go preach at them and meet some of the, the people. And, um, and I- Hey, you cut out there. Okay. Um, oh, dude, okay. So where was I? What was I? Oh, yeah. So there was this Christian who rebuked me and said, and said, um, that you shouldn't be watching or reading Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. it says in Philippians that, you know, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, um, something like that. I remember exactly how it goes. You know, think on these things. Mm-hmm. But the whole argument here is that um, actually it is good and right and noble to think about things that take you through darkness to a happy ending, which is precisely mm. what Lord of the Rings does. Oh, man, totally. You know, it, it, you know it, it takes you into the extreme pit of darkness and evil. And, you know, there's that great quote by King Theoden mm-hmm. where he's like, what can men do against such reckless, reckless hate? You know, mm-hmm. and, then, um, and then from there, it's kind of look to the dawn, look to the east mm-hmm. at, at first light. And then Gandalf comes down with the army oh, of boy. Rohan yeah. people and, you know, 
you know, so like, um, uh, you know, it, it is good. It's good. It's good to think about that. It doesn't mean that you skip all the bad stuff because that's that's an essential part of what we prepare ourselves for. That mm-hmm. we are going to go through darkness, but it's just that it's good and noble and pure and right to think mm-hmm. about how that darkness will come to an end. Oh, boy. So anyway, that was just another another. I have not yet come across a point where I've I've sort of ended whatever reading or watching a movie, and. Um, and, you know, I feel psyched for the Christian life. I feel more in love with, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, like I'm on the right track. It's crazy. It's a, it's a good thing. I, you know, I come away thinking, you know what? I need to um, I need to check out the dark arts. I need to go into the occult. Uh, you know, I need to compromise on my faith. Yeah. I need to yeah. be less holy or, or anything like that. I think, you know, I always think like you watch Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven or something, and then you want to go rob a bank and pull it off. <laughs> You know, you want to go, you want to go break the law and try and you get find away yourself, with it. You, you find yourself, well, exactly. It subverts good and evil, doesn't it? Because you yeah. find yourself um, cheering for the bad guys that they will escape justice. Yeah. And that, that is a, that is a real problem. That's a real much problem. more so than, um, yeah. And rom-coms, you know, with the way they kind of poison us to this faulty view of love and relationships mm. and serendipity and stuff like that. And it's just, oh no, like, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, where is the line with fantasy? Um, you don't yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a it's a good question, and there is a line. Um, and I, I think I think the first line um, that Tolkien himself actually draws mm. is that it it doesn't. Um, so so the kind of madness of sinfulness that he he uses as an example as as a kind of misuse of the fantasy genre is the invention of, of gods that we then worship. Mm. Um, so he's, he's basically saying the whole pantheon of Norse gods, Greek gods, Roman gods, um, you know, we invented those gods. We right. knowingly invented those yeah, gods. We, we personified the sun, the moon, and we did it deliberately mm-hmm. in the same way that in the Old Testament they took wood and they carved it into a thing and mm. deliberately then turned it into a god like mm. um uh, we do that and to, and so at, that's the extreme the extreme is that we actually create our own um gods and worship them and mm. um, totally. he then says there's a step in there's a step inside of that which is on its it's not quite there but it's on its way there and he, he basically said the thing that makes fantasy good fantasy is that you're basically creating a separate world mm. And it has its own inner coherence, just yes. like our world. Mm. And so um, you step into your fantasy world, and what makes it a good fantasy um, epic mm. is that the world itself is coherent and has its own sort of rules and laws. I mean, the sky so, may be green and yeah. the sea may be red, yes. but you know it, it, it's coherent. Right. You know, it has its own laws and whatever. Yeah. But the, the, the trouble is that we end up... Um, getting confused between mm-hmm. what the real world is. So the point of fantasy, he says, is to send us back to the primary world, mm-hmm. our world, mm-hmm. the created world, mm-hmm. with a renewed interest. So, mm-hmm. you know, the trees that move around and talk in Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. are meant to get us to look at the trees in our world with a renewed sense of, of mystery and awe, you know? Yeah, totally. And not because we expect them to walk or talk, but because we, we've we been taking them for granted. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, one of the things, just on that point, one of the things that often gets me, you know, I, I'll kind of dial out of something if, um, if 
in the fantasy world, all of a sudden you have the Crusader Knights, you know, or the Knights Templar or, or something that actually happened, you know, in, in history. Yeah, yeah. And then, something, and then, something that was real. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then all of a sudden the, 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 the wizardry or the magic takes on a different occultish form. Often I've noticed yeah. that is the case and it just crosses over in an uncomfortable way. And um, either not so much in the rewriting of history, but in the yeah, in the confusion of uh, of the fantasy world with the real world. And I'm not saying that you can't have strong analogies to the real world. It's yeah, it's interesting because um, Tolkien rebuked Fierce Lip. Wow. Um, and he, he seriously rebuked it because it was because C.S. Lewis brought Santa into the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and even though Santa isn't real, it's a myth. He said it's it's not a myth from that world. Ah, um, yes. You know, it, wow. it, it didn't have it didn't match the inner coherence, and you're mix, you're mixing your kind of myths and allegories and stuff. Man, it just that's didn't, it, he just yeah, he was appalled by it. Wow, that's powerful. That's good. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally. But however, however, if you get into C.S. Lewis and why he put Santa in mm-hmm. there, that'll mm-hmm. just blow your mind. <laughs> okay. Well, have hey. you ever heard? Of, have you ever heard of the 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 chronicles, the 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 Narnia code? Have you ever heard of the Narnia code? Um, no. <laughs> oh, All right. Wait. We're going too long on this one, but I want to keep talking about this. I think this is a, a huge thing to just try and iron out. It, it's very relevant to to the two age sojourn thing as well, in that you know we're seeing totally. uh, yeah. something very much part of culture that has its interplay with the sacred and uh, we need to think about them. Um, But hey, thanks for joining us for this one, man. No worries. Yeah, it was good. All right, check it out, 2hsojourner.com. Sojourner.com.